0: On this week's episode of the Fizz, we have a very special episode because the Detroit Lions have won the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. Well, actually, it's the first time they've ever won it. Last time they won was the NFC Central. But we are champions of our division for the first time in 30 years. We got ice cold Brulu, Channy football. The gang is back together. We do it remotely due to the chaos of scheduling around the holidays, but it is a great great episode we also talk about the Pistons historic 27th loss in a row amongst other things but before we get into all of that I have to remind you guys of our fantastic sponsor which is Michigan Made Vosa Vosa is an RTD ready to drink vodka beverage that is made right here in Michigan. They are a newer product, they're on the rise, and boy do they taste great. If you like carbonation, if you like a little more sweetness to your drinks, and if you like a higher alcohol by volume content, go with the Highline. The Highline is a great vodka beverage option, which again has a little more sweetness, a little bit of carbonation to it, um, and definitely will get you to that alcohol level that you are looking for. If you're looking for something a little more toned down, the vodka water is also a great option from Vosa. No carbonation, lightly flavored, and 5% alcohol by volume. Both options are great. If you love vodka and you love your ready-to-drink beverages, Michigan-made Vosa is the way to go. This year, they just partnered with Kate Upton as well as one of the owners, so they are on the rise. Look for them on shelves all over stores. Next time you're out, give them a try. Vosa. Enjoy the finer things but now let's get into the fizz. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. It is Wednesday, December 27th at about 10 a.m. A.m. show with the boys waking up, getting it done. Weird, weird stuff. Drinking coffee, not beer. How we doing, boys? We're we're
1: doing great, man. It is weird kind of all getting together. We still got our sleepies in our eyes, cold fingies. It's uh it's it's still waking up. I'm usually I'm usually winding
0: down by the time we're getting ready to record. I know, not a bad change of pace. How are we doing, Lou? This is this is early. I'm doing good. I I, can, I think I kind of like
2: it, dude. Like fresh out the bed, like been up for uh, maybe an hour max, cup of coffee, took a shit. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm glad
0: you let everyone know you took a <laughs>
2: shit. Um, shit watch. Dude. Yeah. Healthy. Everything came through clean. No worries.
0: That's good shit. That's good.
2: St- Hold off on that colonoscopy, oh, you know what um, I'm saying?
0: All right. Well, I kind of like the morning shows too, at least the energy's here, we're bringing it. Yeah, No. normally we're at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of, we're dragging ass, kind of gritting her out, but no, this is good stuff. But yeah, we are remote today, back on the Riverside. Uh, we had to come back to it, even though we've motherfucked this system so much, um, but we're back on it because holidays, everyone's running around, but we had to get together uh, because obviously we had a holiday season and fuck, the Lions won the goddamn division. But before we do the lions, kind of want to just ask you guys: How was the holiday? What's new? What's good? Anything to report? What are we, what are we, what are we looking at, fellas? Holidays was good, all in all,
1: for me in general. A lot of good food, a lot of family, exchanged some gifts. Um, I thought, you know, all in all, having a, a 53 degree day on Christmas Day—that's a first. Wasn't bad going outside in a, a t-shirt, but. Uh, nothing bad to report from over here. Uh, got, got well before the holidays. So I wasn't sick anymore and, and got to spend it with a lot of family and, and, and have a lot of fun.
2: Hell yeah. It's good. To, good to see you again. Yeah, Jay. We missed your partner. Weeks. Um, I had a, I had a good holiday as well. No complaints on my end, you know, very similar to you Chandler, good food, you know, a lot of boozing. I, I feel like the is still going on; it, that hasn't slowed down. If anyone was concerned, no need to be um, excited to, uh, to to you know start this new year fresh. year. me and Chania are heading to uh, the Wings game this weekend, actually against the Bruins on New Let's Year's get Eve. It. Let's, Let's get, get it. it,
1: baby! Before we hop into New Year's Eve, I mean, any any cool gifts you guys got to report? I know it's the the season of exchanging and giving. Any uh, gifts you were proud of giving and or receiving?
0: Um, not for my end, not a huge gift here, which I was, was, I was absolutely all right with, um, kind of like a lot of our family just decided, you know, we're going to get together, we're spending money on hosting, we're doing this and that, uh, you know, let's, let's keep the gifts to a minimum, which I actually really, really enjoyed. Uh, but one thing I did do is I got my nephew, he's like, he's three years old. I got him his first wings Jersey. Um, Which I was pretty excited about. And and it was one that was like from the 90s. I found it on Facebook Marketplace. So it's like embroidered. It's a CCM. It's a white boy. Um, So it's good. It wasn't like I got him like a Fanatics one um, with the logo stitched upside down or something like that. I found him one of the uh, traditional boys. So I was pretty excited to give him that one. That one's probably. Was it a player, Frank, or did you get him a generic one? I left it blank. I got him a blank one. You know, I didn't want to. uh, Throw somewhere someone on there that you know might not be around for a while. I want to let him decide if he even wants to put someone on there. So I left her, I left her blank, and we'll let uh, we'll we'll see where the cards fall. Surprising, I would have thought it would have been a nineteen nice. with an Iserman yeah. on the
1: back, but uh, hey, noble move.
0: No, I know. Um, well, half the reason I guess it was I bought it blank, and I didn't really I didn't have time to go get it embroidered or anything, so that was part of it. But then the <laughs> other piece was just like. You know, hey, <laughs> you know, Eisenman's gonna be like 70 by the time he's like, you know, 15. So I was just, you know, he's not gonna see him play. Yeah. I mean, it would still have been awesome, but I was like, you know what? You pick your journey, you pick your journey, bud. Hey, man,
2: I'll just step, I'll just get you in the right, exactly. uh, the right so direction. I was, I was right? excited
0: to give that one, that was probably my favorite gift of the year.
2: Nice, nice. I win, uh, I got me and my girlfriend decided to not really do gifts for each other. We bought each other a couple small things, but we booked a trip to Cabo in February. So looking forward to a little sunshine on the, uh, on the downturn of winter here in Michigan. So that'll be exciting. And then uh, as far as giving goes, I actually went full mushroom route this year. I got her dad, a uh, mushroom chocolate bar and her sister's fiance, a mushroom drink. So they're going to be tripping out this year. Felt pretty good about those gifts. They were excited about them. So, Mushrooms Mushroom Christmas.
1: Yeah, what do you mean, like, you, so, like, where did you go? Like, do you, you find these on the open market? Did you call the local drug dealer? Like, what do you mean you got them, like, mushroom bars?
2: Yeah, I called the local dealer, um, tapped into a couple phone lines, wanted to find out what the new hot thing was. I uh, wanted to go a little bit different for each one, so I went with the dark chocolate bars, Um for the for the dad, and then I went with the the mushroom drink, which was new to me this year. I have tried it; they do work, fantastic product, if you ask me. Um, so went with the drink route, which is it's kind of like a fruit punchy. Uh, oh, really? Like juice drink, but they, but yeah, and they're they're pretty strong too. You only need about a quarter to a half to start feeling pretty good if you drink the whole thing. Uh, welcome to not. I don't to. know why
0: I was picturing like uh, I was picturing it'd be like a coffee. For some reason, because I've had much, mo- okay. Yeah, it's gotcha. more like I've a juice. Mo- Does it taste like shit?
2: No, it tastes amazing. That's that's one of the bad things about it, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, have you ever had those water bottles that have like the little pieces of aloe in them? Like the like gummy, like fruity, like kind of thing in there. Have you ever had those? I forgot what they're called, but there's a water that has like these like little plant products that's like it's broken like up into it. It's not
0: like kombucha or something, is it's- it?
2: No, it's not, not like kombucha, but it, anyway, there's like little fragments of like stuff in the like fruit yeah. punch, if you will, that, uh, that do the trick for you. But uh, yeah, have either cool of you
0: try had like mushroom chocolate? Yes. It rocks. Yes. It's awesome. It, it absolutely a, rocks. Yeah. Cause it gets away from like the old
2: days of like jamming shitty stems and fucking caps down and, and like trying not to wash knowing them.
0: how much that cap and stem is gonna affect yeah, you so right. you're just like bracing for impact you know these are like completely measured out and you know exactly how much is like involved and it rocks Each yeah square. It's, it's funny yeah. i feel like as i've gotten older like mushrooms have like are the like emerging drug i feel like that is like like so many more people use it now, and like are comfortable around it. Like I remember when it came around in high school or college, it was when I first got introduced to him. It was like kind of like a big deal. I thought it, I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is the real stuff." For sure. And now it's just like, "Oh, here's a chocolate. Just go gig. Just go giggle."
2: Yeah. Well, there's like two different like trips for the mushrooms, right? You have your microdose where it's like, Oh, I took a little bit. I'm laughing. I'm giggly. I'm feeling good. And then it's like, Oh (laughs) shit. I ate an eight or plus like now I'm seeing
1: shit. I'm laying on the ground drooling, laughing
0: hysterically. So you got to find that happy medium. And I feel like the chocolate really helps with that.
1: Isn't it wild how back in the day we were criminals for smoking weed and eating mushrooms. And now they're actually like treating people with these, uh, do you want to call them drugs? These herbs, these medicines?
2: Yeah. No, yeah. they're herbs to me. 100%, 100%, 100%. herbal.
0: Is there any so, legality to shrooms in Michigan? Is there like, or is it just illegal still? God, I think it's, think it's illegal, illegal and I think it's
1: decriminalized in certain municipalities. Fucking, there you go. Ch- Channy's back. There go. Boom. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So, um, I had a good good uh, Christmas myself as well with gifts. Um, so got uh, a really cool one from uh, my partner, one of my co-workers at work. Shout out, Adam. He used to be a manager at GameStop, so he came in and gifted me a Nintendo 64, which was fucking awesome. Um, I guess he has six or seven, and he's like, listen, I know you've been wanting one. So he comes in before the Christmas break and got me a Nintendo 64, and I went online over the holidays Fired up some, uh, ordered some games, got Blitz on the way, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf. Um, I'm asking my mom for some old cartridges, see if she's got them in her basement. So really excited to fire up the, uh, the Nintendo 64. And it's funny because remember those three prongs, it was red, yellow, and white to connect into your TVs. Well, you don't really have those anymore. So I had to get an adapter into yeah. an HDMI to be able to even play the damn thing um, on the yeah. TV. Um, but uh, I got that. And then my brother got me a, not that this team is, is too hot right now, and I'm sure we'll touch on them later, but my brother had a, a Jaden Ivy signed Jersey that he gifted me that I'm going to throw up in my basement as well, which I thought was a, a pretty cool gift as well.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah, that, yeah the, that's uh,
2: awesome. That's a, excited for the sixty-four oh, there, my guy. You, you make sure you get Turok. Make sure you get Turok in that car.
0: So I had the okay. same issue with that adapter thing. Like I got like a PS one for my wife for Christmas like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. She's a big Crash Bandicoot fan, and uh, I had the same issue. Like Christmas Day, I was like so excited to like play it all day. I had like everything planned out, and then it just totally went to shit because I didn't have that three prong adapter, and yeah. I didn't know how to do it, but um how much were the games like were were you spending a lot on the games or like what are they running these days
1: yeah yeah so let me pull up this uh order i actually got it on order here but um it's funny because i went to a local place in madison heights they had a couple games but they didn't have any of the mario games they had like the old nfl quarterback clubs uh, Ken Griffey Jr. winning run, if you remember nice. that baseball game. So they didn't have any of the Mario games, yep. just kind of the outdated um, sports games. So I went to a site. I got referred to it by a buddy who said, "Like, hey, this is legit. They have one year warranties on the games, so it's a little more expensive, but like it's an actual operation um, with some credibility behind it." It's called DK Oldies. It's an online retro game store. And they ranged anywhere. Mario Party 2 was by far the most expensive. Mario yeah. Party 2 was, well, of course. And, you know, it was, it was $85 right? for Mario Party 2.
0: Yes. Wow. Woo!
1: Everything else was between 35 yeah. and $55. So regular price for games. But Mario Party, um, I held off on Smash Brothers and Mario Kart because I know I had them at one point. I just don't know where they are uh, yeah. somewhere in the, the uh, one of the Nash households. I'm hoping we kept them, but basically for four games after tax, it was just over $200. Not bad.
2: Damn. So they're no. not cheap though. You know, like they're still, they're still very sought yeah, out. Like I said, like... you could
1: probably go on Etsy or eBay, but like, what's the validity? Are they going to work? Like what's the return policy? Like, I don't want to get cocked and just stuck with a game because I wanted to save twenty five bucks.
0: There it is. There it is. <coughs> Never want to get under, cocked. Who had <laughs> who, who had under thirteen minutes for the word cock? We hit it. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, and that's good. And Channy, you know, respect to you. You're you're the small business. You're small business king. So I I'm, I'm looking at DK oldies right now. Um, you know, I mean, I would have probably just popped on Amazon or eBay, but I like that you go. I like that you go small biz. So I'm glad that worked out. That's really sick, though. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get that over to HQ and maybe just uh, do a day, do a tourney, see who's, see who's Fire top dog. Hell yeah, yeah. still, it still got
2: it. Yeah. Hell yeah, I love that. I was actually, uh, I was talking some old school games in uh, in one of my group chats the other day, and one of my buddies just got uh, Game Boy Color wow. in the Pokemon games. Whoa. So I was thinking about maybe fucking bringing that back and like just to, you know, kill some time. I was looking on eBay and like, dude, Game Boy Colors are like a hundred or more and the Pokemon games are like 50 to $150, depending on what version that you're looking That's crazy. For.
0: It's, it's, it's crazy that like yeah. all that old stuff is so, ex- like the PS1, I feel like it wasn't that expensive and like it, the stuff wasn't too much. Like it's, it's funny how like N64 has aged better and like you play those games and Like, the the PlayStation 1, like, there's still some decent games, but it was, like, I went and played Twisted Metal, like, and I remember loving, do you remember that game, Twisted Metal? Yes. Yeah, I loved that game growing up, and, like, for playing it again, like, I don't know, it just didn't have the same magic or, you know, or anything like that. I was a little disappointed in, in playing that game again, but I don't feel that way with the N64 games.
1: No, either do I, and I made a smart decision. I've got my main TV in my basement, then I got a couple side ones. I put the N64 on the smallest of the three, because if you put it on a 75-inch flat screen, like, it's just so grainy. Yes, it's just (laughs) like, you can't, you cannot get a good picture on that. So I I kept it to, like, the 40-inch TV that's in my basement.
0: Smart, smart. That's thinking ahead um well good shit boys uh sounds like christmas overall is a success channy's healthy again and then you guys are going to the wings game on new year's eve that's a 5 p.m puck drop right yes sir that's gonna be a fun day like that that's that's awesome boston detroit at home um that'll be a great night so what, what are you guys you guys hitting the city after or what
1: yeah, we, I don't know what we're doing late night yet. We're doing the game first. I'm sure we'll grab a drink or two before the game down there, head over to LCA. We've got a reservation at the Peterborough. I know you mentioned uh, you like that place. Looks like some Chinese food with some small plates. Um, so I'm excited to go there. And then we're kind of TBD on where to go at night. I do want to hit, uh, I don't know about you, Lou, I kind of want to do like a, a nightclub night. Like I feel like New Year's Eve is like a – get wild get after it turn back time like hit a nightclub here's some techno have a late night out um so that's what i'm hoping we can accomplish on our third stop of the day on new year's eve
2: yeah say less buddy i'm a full yes man that night just let me know <laughs> where when and how and i will
0: be there i was gonna say to i can't imagine troops. uh lou being like no 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 <laughs>
1: But I mean, he got his dad mushroom chocolate, so if that was a precursor for how he's thinking, I'm sure I'm sure he's not going to say no to a little nightclub on, on New Year's Eve. No, I don't think so. They were actually for Amber's dad. Uh,
2: my dad is not a mushroom guy. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but I am down for nightclub action. Down for uh, – I plan on drinking. I don't know what time you're going to start drinking that day, Chandler, but I'm looking around 1, 2 o'clock to have my first sip. Um, so you just let me know where, when, why. <laughs>
0: well, now. jealous of you, boys. That sounds fun. I'm going to be heading to the um, the motherland. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling it the motherland, but I'm heading to Canada. Uh. <laughs> Birthplace so of place, <laughs> <or? laughs> I Thought yeah, you were going to be talking about like, or, like, <laughs> or like even like Russia, like Mother Russia. Like, anyways, I don't know why I called it the Motherland. Um, that was stupid. Uh, <laughs> but I am headed to Canada, uh, just over over the border. I think North of Sarnia, somewhere in there, a couple hours north. Just wanted to head up north with a couple of friends, so we got a good group. We'll be staying in like a, a nice Airbnb near the water. Um, which hell, it might be like warm for. Uh, Yeah, seriously, like when we planned it, we were like, we're going to bring our skates up and stuff. And that's not going to be the case at all. Um, But what I didn't realize um, this week is that we have 14 games, NFL games on Sunday with no Monday night football at all. Uh, I don't know why it like took me till this week to realize that. But We got the Lions. We have our Thursday night game, and then we have the Lions Saturday night, and then it's just full slated Sunday. Just chaos of football, which I'm pretty excited about.
1: Yeah, and I think technically, Mm -hmm. or or how they're like presenting it, the Lions Cowboys game is the quote unquote like Monday Monday night night. game of the week.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I was seeing that too. They like had Monday night football on the tag on ESPN on the bottom, and I'm like, the game's on Saturday. It's not. Yeah, it's kind of a
1: weird. It's a weird year because you got New Year's Eve on Sunday. So NFL kicks out college football and you have to wait until the next day to have all your big games, which are usually on New Year's Eve. Yep. Yeah. What'd you guys think about uh, the NFL
2: action all weekend, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, a couple days? Uh, a so
0: more? yeah, go, go ahead, Channy.
1: I was going to say, should we just just get into it right now? What did we think about the NFL? I mean, it's been 30 damn years. Our conscious minds have never seen it. We've literally never seen an NFC North. We've seen an NFC Central, but our Lions go into Minnesota, poetic justice, take down the North. I don't think it could have been a better NFL weekend, no matter what else happened, but I mean... What an absolute turnaround in year three of Campbell and uh, Brad Holmes from going from an 0-10-1 team in their first 11 games to 11-4 and and NFC North champions.
0: Yeah, it was, it was like surreal. I mean, we have predicted it from the start of the season that the Lions were going to win the NFC North. We believed it this whole season. It's looked good the whole season. It's never really been in doubt. There was like a couple weeks there where we thought – uh, Green Bay was going to creep up on us, or Minnesota might. And but for when it actually happens, it's you know it's such a different feeling to actually clinch, to actually do it. We always believed it was going to happen, but then when that clock strikes zero, the math is complete, and you are actually crowned the champions, and they're they're printing the hats, and everyone's celebrating, and uh, you are just kind of seeing the characters that all got us here. You know, Holmes Campbell, you know all the players, all the draft picks, Sh- Sheila Ford. Uh, surreal. It's surreal. And it's actually unbelievable that all of us in our early 30s, that this is the first time we're seeing it because the boys borderline made it look easy this year. And we still got two games left, which is, you know, wild. So to me, it was a mixed reaction of just like, this is mind blowing. We actually did it. Uh, here we are. And I am just shocked that we couldn't find one other rogue season to do this in the last 30 years.
1: 100 percent no
2: i agree dude fucking insane and like was it was there a more like stereotypical ending to a lions game that we needed to clinch where it's like dude we almost fucking blew that game i don't know what frank kaminsky was thinking not jumping on the fucking fumble there at the end and trying to scoop and score it like what are you doing? Secure the game. Mullen's still through for 411 yeah. yards. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> when, when Jefferson was catching every – okay, well, one, we had the blocked extra point, which like you knew that happened, and you're like, well, keep an eye on that because because like yeah. we're trying to do something we haven't done in 30 years. Like This is the perfect time to SOL us back into oblivion. So like I always had that extra point in the back of my mind. And then Justin Jefferson, oh, my God. What a goat! Like that was the definition of like fuck it, Jefferson out there somewhere on that like third and thirty, yeah, yeah. third and thirty or whatever was, it was. And yeah. I just thought he was going to eat us alive all the way down the field uh, until we lost by one point.
1: Yeah,
2: it was. Hey, but we came out, we fucking pounded it down their throat. Gibbs had maybe the fucking juke of the year. That guy's fucking body yes. left the stadium. You know when
0: uh, like uh, like Avengers when that. Woman pushes the Hulk and her body comes out. Like, that's what I thought of yeah, with yeah. the fucking Gibbs flying that way.
1: If he had yes. a, the Juke of the Year, um, our safeties might have had the taunts of the year. Uh, Kirby Joseph picking the one off, spreading his arms out instantly at the Vikings sidelines. Mid play was a taunt of the year. <laughs> And that was uh, not
0: and was not an interception to end the game. Which, like, no. if you just if you saw no. that in a vacuum, you'd be like, "Oh, that was that ended the game." No, that was like early. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're still
0: running five yards down
2: the field, while then, doing it in the
1: I middle thought, of the play. I thought Melifon might have one upped him with the skull chant at the end of the game after he had the game-winning interception. Turned all the fans started doing the skull. I thought that was great because that dumb-ass chant and that stupid fucking Vikings horn that we've heard for so many decades and have caused us so much pain, we finally got to return the favor. And it would have been nice to have it at home, but I almost like winning it on the road at one of our NFC North rivals even better just to be able to rub it in their face because for so many years, we could not win on the road and specifically couldn't win against our division rivals. And it's just almost so symbolic that, we took the North down on the road against an NFC North rival.
0: Yeah. And I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even think of it. Like beggars can't be choosers type deal. You know, we're going to see them again at the end of the season and hopefully, you know, they're on to another quarterback by then. And we just, you know, beat the doors off of them. And, you know, the last week of the season is just a party, but obviously there's still some work to do, but, uh, That game, it was good. It definitely wasn't, like, perfect, you know, if we're actually, like, talking about the game. I mean, like you said, Lou, uh, Nick Mullins threw for 411 yards on us. Yes, he was just kind of reckless, gunslinging it. I mean, our safeties picked him up. Did we have four picks or three? I think four. Four, that's what I thought. We had four. Yeah, so – Yeah. Kirby's stepping up too Kirby for Kirby. catches those like center field interceptions, you know? I feel like all the interceptions. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I feel like all the interceptions were kind of the same. Besides, Branch kind of stepped up and yeah. took one away, but a lot of and, and put it iffy.
2: Well, and then the thing with Branches too is like he dropped the one when the Vikings were driving that was in his fucking yes. lap on the goal line. And then the one he picked off was actually fourth and long for the Vikings. So he was yes. better off knocking it down yes. and not even catching <laughs> I it. I agree.
0: I agree. Um, <laughs> couple of notes I had as well is just, like, um, so, <clears throat> dude, I think my new thing with the Lions is just I'm taking any anytime touchdown Gibbs, Monty, ARSB, and Laporta. If you take those four, you're, you're probably good to hit at least two of them and get your money back, and there's a good chance you're going to hit three or four of them because, uh, like, I mean, last game three of the four scored, and it seems like a safe pick because those guys are just, like, steady Eddie weapons on offense.
2: Right, take Saint Brown over a hundred yards every time, too. It's like, Jesus Christ, this guy yeah. doesn't fucking miss. He's gotta only have a handful of games that he didn't get to a hundred. And shout out to fucking Jameson yes. Williams. Like, not a big stat stuffer game again, but like, dude, he's running actual wide receiver routes, he's making jukes, he's blocking down the field. Like, this guy has completely turned a new leaf for us, and he's playing fucking football now. It ain't backyard run a fucking fade and we'll throw it deep to you. It's like, no, like, create separation, get in space, shake the fucking shoes of the defender, yeah, and take Great off. point.
0: I mean, he has been, like, making those, like, football play catches. Like, they're trusting him, throwing to him in traffic. They're trusting him, handing him the ball. Like, it's definitely been really nice to kind of see his, like, slow, steady emergence.
1: And can we give him a shout-out? Because, you know, I think it's, it's pretty – Transparent or, or, or apparent, excuse excuse me. That you know, the biggest divas in the league are wide receivers. You see these guys get disgruntled. You see them get mad. You see them start complaining. You've always seen it from Odell Beckham to Antonio Brown. George Pickens this year has been very outspoken. And what has Jamison Williams done? All he's done is come into work amidst a lot of criticism locally here. Um, there was a lot of noise midseason about his target share and how he can't catch the ball or make catches across the middle. And what has he done? He's just worked and steadily gotten better, better, and better. And now, you know, he's option four or five in the offense, but he he's ahead of Reynolds. He's ahead of Khalif Raymond. He is solidly the second wide receiver option on this team going into a playoff run, which we've kind of said all year is what we need if we want to go far in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I'll give a big credit to like, this new Lions organization for that as well. I mean, how many times have we brought in somebody who might be a little troublesome, has a lot of pressure on them, and what do they do? They, they kind of crumble under it, or they don't live up to expectations, or they're not in the right situation to succeed. Uh, all you've heard from the Lions locker room is support for Jameson Williams this whole time. No panic button, no sign of stress or bust or anything like that. Um, and, and that's where we are. And and I mean, kind of the same thing happened with Jared Goff. Uh, you know, I mean, he was, they were three and 13, uh, you know, all three of us were saying he's not the answer, um, whether he is or he isn't right now, all he's done is put his head down and work, you know, and that's a great example for JMO to look at, but I, I know it's also come from within the organization as well. And, and that's just probably Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes instilling confidence in their guys, uh, and shutting out all that outside noise. And I think that, little is like a little microcosm like Jamison Williams of like really what this new regime is able to do for players actually being in a good situation as opposed to uh, you know, the past.
2: Yeah. And, and has like, it's, this isn't even fucking close, but like from a rookie core standpoint, like we are by far the best team in the NFL from an overall performance of our rookies. Like these guys have stepped up exponentially compared to a lot of other teams. I mean, we can go down the list with Gibbs, but guys like Jack Campbell had a fucking great game last week. afonto this guy's stepped up like huge for us in the last two weeks. Um, you know, it, it's it's just kind of crazy to think about how far this organization has come when we used to draft the number one guys every single year and they suck dick. And now it's like we have an absolute core of rookies and these guys are all really excelling, um, in all facets fucking the big Benito is out there making yeah, sacks.
1: It's
0: exciting. You know, it's exciting. It's
1: very exciting. And, and I want to hit on that too, Lou. Um, Melifontu was like the, or Melifontu was kind of like the forgotten piece in the Stafford trade. He was mm-hmm. the third round pick that we took when we got those three picks from them and He's become, like, a, a very solid contributor to the defense. Like, we're going to have decisions to make now on where does C.D. Deuce play when he comes back? Is he going to play nickel and maybe take Brian Branch's spot? Are they going to move him back to safety? And then we got to figure out if Joseph or Mela not going to play. But that was the guy who was almost like the throw-in because we knew about Laporta. We knew about Gibbs. We knew about Jamison. Obviously, Goff was part of those that trade. But to have Melifonwu now being a consistent starter and maybe our most consistent secondary piece here this last last month or so, um, shout out to Brad Holmes and shout out to Melifonwu for really just keeping his head down, being behind guys and really taking advantage of the situation when, in- when injuries arose. I think he has yeah, four sacks in the last. Two He's games. been
2: everywhere.
0: Like yeah. He's been absolutely everywhere. Speaking of sacks, I think Houston's practicing this week, finally. I don't even still know what his injury was, but, uh, what's kept him out for so long, but he's been working out this week. So,
2: And McNeil, I believe, is is working out as well. I think we're going to have all three of those guys with C.D., Aleem, and... Uh and Houston back for It'd the It'd be playoffs. nice to
1: get them all together for one week just to knock the rust off, you know? Um, just get, get that last week in Minnesota, yeah. figure out what packages you want to get people in, um, get them back into game shape, and then have them rolling into the playoffs because that's obviously been the weak point of our team this year is our defense, but to have three starters coming back into the fold, um, that's just something that throughout all the ups and downs – we've got guys who didn't play like Mela getting a lot of reps now, which is going to help us in the postseason. even though it probably hurt us in the short term, several weeks during the year.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, It's just why, yeah, it's like these guys, like you think they're never coming back. The defense looks broken and I still don't think it looks great by any stretch of the imagination, but the idea of getting them back, man, feels, is, is so nice, especially CD man. Like, Remember how like remember watching him at HQ and just going nuts? We're like, this guy's a fucking animal. Oh, he's awesome! Uh, you see him yes. post, and you see him post the butt cheeks on social this week. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> he doesn't care. He didn't even notice it. He oh, just posted yeah. butt cheeks on social media. Um, wanted to point this out. Uh, Badgley is in as the kicker now, which I just think is funny. We just have like these like faceless kickers on our team always like I never really fully know who the kicker is uh and it's just like our whole life we had Hanson and then we went to Prater and we just had these like rock solid kickers and now they're just poor I mean I don't I don't know if I feel bad for Patterson but like man he was like with us the whole season and it's like we the on the cusp of clinching the division he had a couple game-winning field goals for us they just (laughs) kick him to the curb for Badgley you know, hey, it, it, I mean, dog it's, business, huh? No, I get it. And like, <laughs> I just, I just think it was interesting. Like, I know he missed a couple of short field goals. They just, they must have not think he can hit the big one or the far one or whatever it was, but Badgley was hitting like low line drivers and one of them got blocked. I don't know. I, I just, the kicking thing has never been addressed. We just seem to go for it. So it doesn't matter. But uh, just something I'm always keeping an eye on this kicking game. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up and, and what we have addressed is our quarterback
1: position. And, you know, Frank, I think you've been a big, probably the biggest supporter of golf throughout this whole run. Not even just this year, from the time he's gotten to Detroit, you've always believed in him taking us to the next level. But when I was doing some research, I found that since our last division title, 20 different starting quarterbacks until we found the one to lead us to the division, I, I I didn't even know I, I saw most of these names, you know, the Scott Mitchell's, the Charlie Batches, the Gus Farraz, the Mike McMahon's, the Joey Harringtons, we all know them. And then they only had last names, so they had on the list Case. Do you guys know who Case was? Because I just looked him up and I've never heard of him. The guy's name is Stony Case. And he Stony. was a former NFL <laughs> quarterback. And I looked. I like I said, I knew almost every last name. And then I saw a Case. Guy's name is Stony Case, and he started for us in between Gus Ferrat and Ty Detmer.
0: Oh, so that's that's like early mid '90s, huh?
1: Yes, yes. Okay. I think it's probably like '96. I've 97, never heard that name before. somewhere in there. He. He was uh, – I, I think he was only a quarterback for us for maybe like a game or two. And yeah. it's it's funny because I, I did more research on this guy. He played high school football at Odessa High School, which is one of the main schools for Friday Night Lights, if I remember Mojo. correctly. Mo- Mojo. Yes. Odessa, yes.
0: Texas, yeah. maybe. Odessa,
1: yeah. Texas. So I'm like, you- man, this Stony Case guy is uh, – is uh, quite the uh, story here that we never knew about.
0: So do you have that list up? Yes, I do. Lou, we should try to, you said there's 20? There's 20 of them. Um, I gave
1: you Stony Case. Um, yeah. There is, y- you guys can name them, I'm sure you can, but go ahead, fire away, Frank, right. you're first. All right, Charlie Batch. Good.
0: Look. Did you well, say Scott like Mitchell? Mitchell already? We're going to name them Go while. ahead, yep. Uh, Jeff okay. Garcia,
1: yep.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think of the ones you're keep side. saying
0: them. No, we're you're naming them Ty all. Dettmer, yeah, right? yeah. Okay, Ty Detmer. All right, Detmer. Uh, Mike That's McMahon. Five, six. Seven. Pizza's going to the, the ones. That, um. Uh, Culpeper, Dante Culpepper. <laughs> Eight. Nice. Nice. Sean Hill. I loved Sean Nine. Hill. I thought he balled hard. Um. Drew Stanton. There you go. Ten. No. There you Orlowski. go. Eleven. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take a pass here. Stafford.
1: Yep, 12. Um, Rodney P. No, he was he was pre <laughs> Does he, count? he was pre ninety three. He was okay.
0: Um, Jeff Driscoll. Uh,
1: Jeff Driscoll, yes, twelve. Blau. Uh, um, yeah. Blau. Thirteen.
2: Blau. Did we already say no, Joey we did not. Harrington?
1: Fourteen. Joey Harrington. This is where it gets kind of tough. There's a couple that you guys probably know, but you're not oh, thinking of right John, now.
0: John Kitna.
1: John Kitna. That's another one. Nice. 15. Nice. I was like, um, who was? Think very recent. He started a couple games yeah. for a team this year. Jets. He started for the Jets this year. of. Flag-
2: Oh, uh, Tim Boyle, Boyle 16 wow. broil Tim Boyle. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, We're missing, let's see. Um, there was like a guy I thought who started. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let's keep thinking. We need two, we need three more, right? It's three more. Yep.
1: These are going to be tough. These are like mid nineties to 93 that they all started.
0: Okay. Mid-90s to ninety. Oh, geez. Um, that is back there.
1: Uh, I think I'm going to give them to you guys because it's going to be tough. I don't know if you'd even even know him. Number one, David Craig. He was a it. backup to Scott Mitchell in 94, and then he uh, replaced him halfway through that season. The next one was Don hmm. Majikowski. If you ever heard of him, never would have gotten him. Never got that. Oh, what about Frank? Frank Wright. That was the other one I thought you might get. Or Frank Wright Wright was the last one um, that started for us. So that's the list of quarterbacks from the last time we won the division. But it's funny looking back, like McMahon, Furrat, Culpepper, Stanton, Orlovsky, Harrington. Like, dude, we could not gain. Yeah, Garcia not any traction.
0: No, Garcia to me is the funniest one. Like Culpepper is definitely like the sore thumb because it just is like, he's a Minnesota Viking. But the Garcia era was like the worst. Like Garcia didn't want to be there. He was. That was pure
2: Mariucci
0: like yes. you're coming like, to I don't Detroit. Know if you remember. There was a game, I think, versus Arizona where we were like totally at the end of our Garcia run and he was under pressure and threw the ball up like a hundred feet into the air. Like I don't, I don't know if you guys remember this play. I don't, like I don't think I could find a clip of it on the internet. Well, yes, but like hundred ball. Um, I'll just never forget it. I was at the game and I, I thought it was going to hit the fucking like ceiling. He and like it was like what was that? He just launched it like a hundred feet in the air. It was the weirdest play I've ever seen. I'm going to try to find this thing and see if I just dreamed it, but. <laughs> um, that was a good little sneaky game to kind of name all those guys. And, and as oh, yeah. you were naming those guys, um, so during this little journey, right? Like obviously the lions haven't won in 30 years. So the big thing, like a lot of people have been doing is like, what was going on in 93 and we're going to talk about that, but I wanted to kind of go through this for a second with you guys. Um, just cause I feel like now that we're on the other side of it, we got over that infamous hump. Uh, I was going through like all the SOL moments over the last 30 years and um, there are so many, like I was putting together an Instagram post for it and I was like, okay, I need like at least nine or 10 of them to fill the whole post. I could, I can do part two and three and fill up all, all of them. (laughs) Like I kind of forgot all of these, these, um, like horrible moments that we've gone through, like not all of them, but like there are some that like I either forgot or didn't know about. Um, Like, so for me, I think the worst one, there's like the worst one. And then there's one that there's one that stands alone to me. And that's the picked up flag versus Dallas. Like to me in the playoffs at Dallas, fourth quarter, like there was a pass, the pass interference, no explanation of why they picked it up. I was at a bar in Chicago. I remember everyone was going fucking crazy first down. Like, we're going to beat Dallas. We're going to win the wild card. And then, like, the punt team just came jogging out. No explanation. Flag picked up. That, that to me, was, like, the number one SOL moment, like, personally, in my life. 100%. Oh, not yeah. even that's, close. That's
1: got to be an SOL moment. I mean, the one, I, I'm pretty sure you touched on it, Tucker's uh, record-breaking field goal. Um, 66 yards, 66 yarder. I was at that game too. crossbar and in. That was insane. The one that I think falls between the cracks. That I don't know why I always remember it, but it was. um It was not in a season where we were really relevant, but that we had come back against the Vikings at home, made it 28-27 with under 30 seconds left. And we botched the extra point snap and lost that game 28 to 27. That was back in 2004. That's an all-time SOL moment in the midst of the Matt Millen era.
0: Dude, I don't even remember that. Like, I have to look that one up. But, but uh, when you were teeing that up, like you said, like, I don't know why this stuck with me, why this bothered me so much. The one for me that's that, that is a total SOL and people were upset about it, but it wasn't like a playoff game. It wasn't yada, yada. It, it was the 10-second runoff with uh, Golden Tate at the one-yard yep. line uh, diving to the end zone. Like, and if the Lions win that game, I'm pretty sure they go to the playoffs Like, when it's all said and done. Um, and it's just like looking at that video and that clip, that one was unbelievable. Cause I remember watching it downtown Detroit. I could see Ford field from my apartment and you could like hear it. It's like loud. And the ref, the announcers on TV were like, Technically the rule, like Dean Blandino or one of the guys is like, technically this is a 10 second runoff and I believe the game is over, but I'd be very surprised if they made that call here and sure as shit in Ford field, the guy just rattled (laughs) off that call and the game was fucking over. Like that one really sticks out to me. That one
1: stuck out. And Frank, I'm looking at your post right now just to see, but you, you mentioned it on there, the completing the process. That was like the second wave of SOL like that. That started the Schwartz Challenge flag. That started the um, yep. the 10-second uh, runoff era. That started the Cowboys non-flag. That started the batting out of the end zone. Like, I feel like that one, we were starting to turn the corner that season with Calvin and Stafford, and we just got fucked in week one right off the rip to kind of like re-stamp SOL onto our hopes <laughs> with this new era of Lions players.
0: Well, dude, I didn't even realize, like, going through all of these. So 2015 was definitely, like, SOL, I believe, came, like, full branding. Like, at 2015 was actually, like, the what-the-fuck year, and I didn't even realize it. Like, 2015, Monday Night Football in October. So early in the season, first week of October, the illegal batting call happens in Seattle. That is fucking crazy. And looking at the picture of the ref staring Right at it and like <laughs> doing nothing is, is just bonkers to me. And like he just slaps it out of the end zone. The announcers don't talk about it. If you watch that clip, it's like this has never happened in the NFL. If that happened today, someone whacks out of the back of the end zone, like everyone would be going nuts. Like I just, there was just this veil of like fuck the lions. So that happens early October. Then two months later. November, yeah, uh, miracle in Motown happens with the Phantom face mask on Rogers and uh, the the touchdown in the end zone. So that all happens in 2015, um, which is fucking crazy. And then, well, actually, earlier that year, January fourth, 2015 was the wild card year. So like, yep, the Dallas happens, the Seattle thing happens, and then um, the uh, miracle in Motown happens. That was all 2015, and then Calvin Johnson retired in 2016,
1: <laughs> and and underrated Dude. part of that the underrated the part that... of that batting call against Seattle didn't Calvin fumble on the half yard line going in like people forget about that like he was right on the doorstep trying to reach over and fumbled that ball to start that whole fiasco
0: yeah, I put the little picture of it. Like Calvin yeah. was like gone, and then he dives yes. in the end zone, and three guys converge on him out of nowhere, and the ball pops out, and it like it would have been a touchback, but my man swaps it, and then they don't call it. We lose,
2: dude. The I totally forgot about the fucking Jim Swartz <laughs> challenge flag. That was the most boneheaded fucking play ever I just pulled it up to where uh, Justin Forsett was clearly down, but he, he was clearly down, but he got up and kept running and went 80 yards for a touchdown. Every touchdown is obviously reviewed. Swartz throws the challenge flag. Gets an unsportsmanlike for Detroit and they no longer can review the touchdown. He was such
0: a hot, fucking <laughs> incredible. Dude. And do you remember he used to, like, fucking hawk the flag? He used to, like, yeah. back and, like, hawk the flag. Like, dude, it looked he was, like one like, of those nut. old.
1: Yeah, it was like one of those old Nerf balls with the tails on it. Like, he yes. used to just whistle it through the air.
0: Dude, I'm oh typing God. in Jim Schwartz <laughs> challenge flag, and the, the images are just like him, like, cocking back. Yeah, dude, these are so funny. Yeah, it's just, it's like full, perfect form hucking the flag. Oh, my God. Jim Schwartz, man, like, he was – he had to go, but he, his, like, time here I, like, respected. He – yeah. Was lot very of, memorable. A lot, like, lot of, like, 15-yard personal fouls.
2: Him and Harbaugh yeah. had the fucking like handshake
1: <laughs> yeah. push. That that era was wild. Sue was stomping on people and acting out every week. Like that team was just a bunch of renegades.
0: Dude, I think we led the league in personal yes. fouls, like his whole <laughs> tenure. And we we used to joke. I remember watching a lot of Jim Schwartz at the era at, at Michigan State. And like we would always joke, like if we'd get like a 15 yard, like roughing the passer. And we're like, we'd always be like, Schwartz is gonna add a sticker to that guy's helmet. Like he like encourages it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, looking back on it now that we can
1: laugh about it a little, um, what era was tougher for you guys? The Millen era, 01 to 08, or the Quintricia era, 16 to 20? Obviously, one was shorter than the other, but Quintricia era, we had so many more expectations going into it, whereas the Millen era, we we were just stuck in the mud for seven years.
0: Quintricia, it's not even a question for me. Um, I think being a little older, uh, like being grumpier going through the Millen era, (laughs) like at least the Millen era, and this is like a stretch, but Rod Marinelli and Millen were borderline likable people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Patricia, I just fucking hate. Like he's my number one, like most hated Detroit like figure ever possible. I hated his attitude. I hated the Patriot way. I hated his dumb little foot. I hated his scooter. I hated how he treated players. I hated how he talked (laughs) to the media. Um, Bob Quinn instilled no confidence whatsoever. Um, Just like seemed like a pencil pusher. And it seemed like Patricia would just shove him around. And like, I think the whole plan was just to build the Patriots here and I just hated it. Uh, At least I don't know, Millen and Marinelli, I felt like were borderline likable potentially. Um, and we just stunk, like, and it was just pure stinkage, no hopes, like you said, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Lou?
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Frank. Like, yeah, I'm with I'm with Frank on this one. The the Millen era too was like when like we started our fandom into being a Detroit Lions fan. So it was like the expectations were already pretty low. Cause it's like, okay, this team sucks. This is the millin. This is the this is the era of 50 different quarterbacks, all these number one draft picks that stink outside of Barry. Um, but then like you thought, like, okay, we're finally past that. We have a new regime coming in. Guys from New England who've been there, they've won Super Bowls, they've done all this stuff. And they just completely, absolutely shit down our throat with zero hope or any respect to the game. And I agree with you 100%, Frank. Like, you look at Matt Patricia, and that's a guy that you just want to punch in the face when you see him. Just a smuggy, like, I'm smarter than everybody in the room attitude. You've done nothing. You can tell everybody in the locker room hated these guys. And you you heard that from all the players that left Detroit. And they were like, fucking... They had nothing good to say about Patricia. So he was a cancer in the locker room. He couldn't fucking coach. Bob Quinn looked like the nerdy fucking loser in your sixth hour that came in late with the fucking pencil up his ass every day. Didn't know anything about football.
0: Yeah, that regime sucked. There's something didn't about having, uh, like Campbell, like being like a six-five x tight end that just like. Yeah. Is so, it instills so much more confidence that like our coach could kick any coach's ass. <laughs> like it just, and like, even Holmes is like a big guy and like a big football, like, you know, like, yeah, He's a like sharp it's just, dude. there's yeah, so exactly. much more like confidence instilled there. And it's just like for Campbell to show reporters and everyone so much respect and have so much like love and heart and care for everyone around him and in the organization, uh, knowing that he could beat the shit out of Matt Patricia, tough guy Matt Patricia. It's just like, you know, it makes me hate Patricia more and just love Campbell that much more.
2: You see Bob Quinn come up and start talking to people compared to Brad Holmes. Bob Quinn reminds me of like fucking Tom Gore's like sweaty fucking hair all over the place. Just looks dumb. Yeah, nervous, like knows he's going to get peppered with questions he doesn't want to answer. He'll just give you the one-word phrases. Yeah, and like,
0: uh and, like, Holmes is, like, dapping up. Like, did you see – that? like, the pictures of him dapping up his draft picks in the locker room after, I just thought it was, like, so cool. There's a picture of him and Gibbs, like, you know, like embracing each other, selling. And Gibbs just scored two touchdowns. Everyone in the world said that Gibbs was, a, was the wrong pick there. No one liked that pick. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Holmes is just kind of like, you, you know, you're my boy. Like – yeah. Jordan. <laughs> the Jordan meme, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean dude and like shout out uh sheila hamp i mean yes you have you have to give you have to give her like Straight a ton up. of credit it feels like it's it's the first person Absolutely. in ownership that has given a shit which like doesn't sound like much but it's made all the difference in the world
1: yep i agree 100 percent. and yeah. you know what that that's what i wanted to kind of touch and end on too was Sheila Hamp, I mean, she started when her mom was taking it over back in, like, 2014, 2015, but, like, she really took the reins when she fired Quinn. Um, I believe she fired Mayhew prior to that, but she's been swift with her decision-making. You know, Quinn lasted, what, three and a half years, three years, and she was done with them at that point, point. and you know what? The opposite of what Tom Gores is doing right now with the Pistons, she did... When she came out, I saw an old clip. It was in 2021, and she basically said, hey, I'm frustrated too. I'm frustrated with the lack of winning, but we have a, a plan. We have draft picks. We've got to be patient and see the process through. But she fell on the sword. She's like, we're not good enough. I'm frustrated. We're all frustrated in this room, but I promise you we have a plan. And guess what? They've seen that plan through, and she's gotten her guys. I, you know, I've been a proponent at times of Dan Campbell, but she's put people in place trusted them and let them do work instead of her interjecting on every little thing. Um, And it's really turned out to be quite the, quite the partnership with those three running the organization.
0: I would, I would really love to know what those interviews looked like with Dan Campbell versus the other candidates, like truly, because he was such a risk. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I mean, they knew he was passionate, outspoken. He's not polished like some other coaches. He speaks off the cuff. I mean, in that opening interview, he does the bite the kneecaps thing, which is like tired at this point, but he like does that. We lose, we go three and 13 and then we start the next year, one and eight, one and seven, whatever it is. And it's like, God damn it. We are just a full blown carnival, you know, at this point. Um, and for it to just mm-hmm. turn around and for him to work out and to be the most loved person in football, I I'd, I'd seriously argue that, that he's one of the most loved people in professional football right now. Um, it's just crazy. And I just want to know, maybe she just saw the passion and the love. Cause he wasn't on any short list of coaching candidates. You know, it was Brian Dable. It was um, trying to think of some other ones. Like even you no know, Vrabel was like during Patricia time, but anyways, crazy that it's worked out and it's turned around and I would love to know our actual record since she came out and and did that video. I'm going to look into that.
2: Well, dude, and the the other thing with Campbell is like, I think that that just shows you that coaching in the NFL is, is not analytics. It's team chemistry. It's being a football guy. It's having the team that trusts in each other, calls each other brothers. This is a family. Like that goes deeper than X's and O's. Like, cause when you got guys out there that you believe in that will do their job every single play, you put the right coaches in play with Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn's been kind of suspect, but let them do their job. You keep the team together. You keep the gel in the room, the team chemistry high, like that just, and, and that goes back to sports from fucking Herb Brooks and Team USA, like all that type of shit. You know what I mean? Like that shit is bigger than x's and o's at the end of the day especially when it comes to winning championships and when it comes to we have one second left one play one drive we got to get it done right now who the fuck's gonna stand in front of you and take a bullet for you who do you trust more than you love your fucking dad right and it's,
0: it's been dude i'm fired up you got me wanting to run through a wall but i agree man who do you and trust it's like... more
1: than you love your fucking dad
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dad talk out of Lou today <laughs>
1: That's an all timer, dude. From that quote to Herb Brooks, like, Jesus, Lou, you are fucking fired up, buddy.
0: Dude, I'm jacked up, bro. I'm fucking juiced about all that. I gotta I'm gonna timestamp. I gotta put that on its own vid. Play that for the team. And I was just gonna say, like with the Lions, like it's like you never know who's gonna step up from week to week. It took like fucking ten weeks for Gibbs to score a touchdown. Now he's banging them all home, like. Uh, you know, like we've said, j come along. Uh, Iffy is now a big part of the defense. Like people have gone up and down. Goff's had a few bad weeks, but he's been steady. The only one like super, super consistent over every game is probably Aminra, and he's maybe had one or two bad games. Uh, but other than that, it seems like it's yeah. almost a new person every week or, you know, a shuffle of, of four guys type deal. Frank, you know.
1: it seems like years ago that you were taking Gibbs every week anytime touchdown and it just was breaking.
0: <laughs> I know. It's hilarious to think about. Now he's like minus one fifty. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, now it's like
0: an every week, week thing. Yeah, odds like stink now. Yeah. Like that is crazy. I took him like every single week and now he's finally banging him home.
2: Some might say you pushed wow. him to doing this, you know, on the back end. This this Thank might you. have been your work Thank done.
0: You. I much yes, appreciate you welcome. About time someone recognized it. <laughs> Um Boys, I want to talk about like just a little bit more of the NFL because we've been very in our own home with the Lions here, but there's still work yep. to do, right? We got the biggest game of the year probably this Saturday versus Dallas. That is going to be a tough game to win. Um, we're going to be playing Dallas. I hate already pre like already bitching about the refs, but I am so. I'm, It's
2: it is what it is when you go to fucking prime time, apparently
0: Monday night football on Saturday, right before the new year, Dallas coming off uh, a tough loss to the Miami dolphins, us coming off a monster win, emotional win versus the Vikings. This is going to be a tough test. Uh, If you're betting with, if I'm betting with my head, I don't like Detroit in this game, but uh, obviously like I'll never pick against the boys right now. Um, it's just going to be an interesting energy-level type game, um, and it should be really fucking exciting. But we had San Fran lose last week to Baltimore. Kind of justified our ass-kicking, I felt like. I felt like that was nice to see, hmm. just of, like, see, look it. We're not alone. Baltimore's yeah. a goddamn wagon. Uh, Dallas loses to Miami. Miami wins their first, like, good team game. Um, you know, and then – yep. Philly fucking squeaked that one out against the
2: G-men at the end, too. I mean, if Waller could have fucking got his ass moving, like, they would have had a shot to win that game.
1: I totally agree. I agree, too. And, and Frank, you know, you mentioned it. I'm glad we still have journalistic integrity here. I think it's going to be a very tough game against the Cowboys. And I think what we've seen throughout all the season is, like, you're going to get out of your slump. Remember four or five weeks ago we were, like, thinking about the Lions, like, oh, my God, like, we haven't played a good game in a month, like, I'm getting a little nervous that like the Eagles are going to get over that hump because they have not played a good game in about a month now. And I feel like that's too talented and too good of a team to just be sputtering into the playoffs. So they played shitty again this week. They squeaked one away. They've got two more shitty opponents, Arizona and New York again to end the season Um, and, and again, we've got a huge test and I feel like we've said it five or six times this year, but it's so true. Like it is our biggest game of the year. And this one really is because we now control our own destiny to get the two seed and still have a possibility. It's crazy to think this. We still have a chance of getting the one seed and the Rams didn't help us out last year. They have a chance to avenge that and help us out in week 18 this year when they play the Niners. So, huge game this week. Everything is still in front of us, which is crazy to think. And uh, it, it's crazy. I think there's, what, four teams in the NFC who can still get the one seed.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got to tell you guys, like, so, you know, looking at all of this, if you haven't been in the NFL playoff machine on ESPN, boy, it's fun to play with every year, but when your team's a part of it, fighting for a, a one, two, or three seed, it's a lot of fun. So I'm fucking around with this with the uh, NFL playoff machine on ESPN. Great tool, honestly, just like so fun. Um, like there is like an eighty five percent chance, like this thing just falls with us playing the Rams. Like if if you mock it up almost any way, like, and I'm talking the only way it doesn't is we need Minnesota to like win out type deal. Like we need to like lose games to not play the Rams or something like that. Like there is, I think it's like the highest percentage of a matchup in the whole NFL that like we're going to get the Rams. Even if we get up to the two seed, um, I think we're facing Seattle, which is like, obviously they've had our number for so many years. So I think the dream of us getting a green Bay or a Minnesota is like almost toast. Um, So like, let's just do some matchups this week. So let's say we beat Dallas. Right. Uh, And then San Fran plays Washington off of a loss. Like, let's just be realistic here. San Fran's going to beat the doors off of them, I believe. And then the Eagles play the Cardinals at home. Like, come on, let's, let's like all be realistic here. So if that all happens, I'm missing something. San, oh, the Rams play. The Rams play the Giants. The Rams are at the Giants. Got to feel good about the Rams there. Tough environment. So actually, wait, right now, do I have the Eagles winning? Eagles winning, us winning, San Fran winning, Rams winning. Rams winning. Dallas losing to us. So actually, this is my. This yep. would move us. So, so if, San, if everyone, if all the favorites win, besides us, which would be an upset over Dallas this week, it would have San Fran as the number one seed, us as the number two seed versus Seattle. Yes, us versus the two seed versus Seattle, Philly, Rams, and then Dallas Bucks. I don't know about you guys,
1: yep. I so- fucking want Seattle. When they taunted us, they took those damn ski masks in the locker room after the game. They were taunting us after they won. I don't know. That's like my number one target. Like, I want to fucking play Seattle over anyone. Even if it's not the best matchup. Even if Green Bay or Minnesota might be, like, I want Seattle in the first round. Um, I would... I do over LA
2: for sure. And I agree with you Chandler. There's a lot of bulletin board material for Seattle. They've had our number for a a few years now and they were fucking going hard with the masks and dude, that's a fucking team that's banged up right now on the injury report And, and, and they want to come back in. It's, it's tough to come back home. And Ford Field's going to be two times as loud as it was for our home opener against them. Um, I think that's just a, a great – that's a great matchup for us. Okay.
0: So, sorry, guys. Got lost in the playoff machine again. But here, let's continue this. So, <laughs> seriously, this is fun. So, last – so, like, we just did the last week, or week 17, which is this week, which is all the favorites win except the Lions. Lions upset. So, then let's go into week 18. Um, and con- with that week in mind that we just had. So, Seattle is at Arizona. Arizona division game but let's take Seattle Seattle wins the Lions are host I know no hey I know a lot of scenarios uh Vikings at Lions we're gonna say the Lions win that game the Rams are at San Fran let's assume San Fran wins Dallas is at Washington let's assume Dallas wins I'm just saying this is like favorites let's just say like what what conventional wisdom would say wins these games I'm not saying the Rams can't upset I'm not saying Arizona can't upset I'm not saying Minnesota can't upset like yeah, that's what sounds. I'm saying. To what so saying. if that all happens, like we actually get out of the three seed, but we're the two seed now playing seventh seed Los Angeles is the way that shakes out. If Damn. Los Angeles loses to San Fran at the end of the year, if LA upsets, if everything stays the same of what I just said, and LA upsets San Fran, that means we would have one out. We would have the number one seed. If we went, if we went out and Damn. all the favorites win their games, we get the number one seed. No, no, that's wrong. I just misspoke. Sorry, the Rams have to upset San Fran in week 18. Yeah, but I said all that. Let me ask you guys a
1: question in all this, all right? Okay. Let's just say this. You have a chance to get the one seed going into week 18, but we know if the Rams lose, we get them, right? Or do you say, hey, we solidify it, Let's just take the Seahawks. What scenario are you taking? Are you going for that one seed in that bye week, but you need the Rams to win? If they don't, they play us. Or are you saying, hey, I'll sign off right now. Give me the Seahawks at home. I'll take the two or three seed, and we'll figure it out at that point.
0: Give me that. Go for the number one seed. Give me the number one seed all day, twice on Sunday. You never add a game you don't need to add at this time of the year. I I don't think it's – an. I don't think – I don't think it's a fucking question. I don't care who we might see in the next round. Give me the number one seed. Give me two weeks to prepare for the opponent. We're still gonna get that home game. If you're worried about like if we're so timid about losing the home game because we might have too tough an opponent, that's silly to me. Take the number one seed, let's celebrate that. Let's take the extra time to prepare for the opponent and then let's beat that opponent. That's where I'm at. Hey man. There's no no world on no I'm world ever am I turning down a number one seed in the bye week. Ever. Amen.
2: I'm with you, Frank. Amen. You said it You said it straight forward, <laughs> straight as it gets, straight line. Um,
0: Give me so, the buy. This is the last thing. These are kind of the last two things I wanted to note with the matchups. If we lose to Dallas this week, beat Minnesota next week, all the favorites win. That's literally all the favorites winning for the next two weeks. San Fran's number one, Philly's number two, we're number three, playing – Seattle. Playing Seattle. Okay. Yep. But if LA wins versus San Fran, then we play LA. So, go play in the thing. It's tough to follow. It's, it's just looking like LA or Seattle. Like, no matter what. Which, right. like, fuck it. Bring it on. Dude, right. The Rams are so hot right now. West Coast team coming to the, the are East are Coast. Right now.
1: We know how that fares, usually.
0: I mean, and it's just kind of like the final boss, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, of course, we're going to get the hottest fucking team, and of course, it's going to be Matthew Stafford. It terrifies me. Matthew Stafford doesn't scare me as much as McVeigh does scheming against Goff. I think that's what scares me more: is McVeigh scheming against Jared Goff.
2: The NFL is on all fours right
0: now, begging for a and Rams line. We need to lose to, to, to Dallas you. to make that happen.
1: Well, and the good thing about Dallas, that. If we get that, I feel like NFL puts us on like the Saturday night slot at that point, because that's probably, that's the biggest you game. To. You're going to put it in the the time slot that has the most eyeballs on it. And that's got to be the late game on Saturday.
0: No, Dude, staff's got to throw agree. that game. That's all there is to it.
1: <laughs>
0: like show, some, show some respect. Like, come on. Like, buddy, you have your Super Bowl. Why do you have to, like.
2: Let's get a slip and fall at the house before dude, the game. Stafford you know? losing that
0: game, blowing that game, like, is just like, you'll be a king here forever, a god. It'll be the biggest thing he ever did for the city. Would be like if he intentionally Statue threw that for Stafford game. in a Rams jersey. I'd retire his jersey at the end of the game if he just intentionally blew it. All right. Fuck yeah. Well, damn. How fun is it to be still in football, like fucking in the heart of it this late in the year?
1: It's great. Never it's awesome. felt it. It's fucking. <laughs> it's a new feeling. <laughs>
0: Uh, last, I'll end on this note. Did you guys see that Dan Campbell thing I tweeted out about him not getting a ring?
1: Yes. Um, with the rant, or with oh yeah, Saints. I did when he was in. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't New know Orleans. that at all. But yeah.
0: um, apparently, the year after he went zero sixteen with us in 0-8 in 2009, he went to the Saints. Um, and on August 10th, during camp, he was placed on injured reserve with an MCL injury. He uh, stayed there. He stayed on the IR for the entire season, and they did not give him a ring when they won the Super Bowl. So I just thought, little note for the origin story, pretty interesting. Yeah. I like like it. it. Um, Well, hopefully we can make history happen um, in a good way, unlike the Pistons last night, who have set an NBA record 27 straight losses with, a, I think, a 118-112 loss. To the Brooklyn Nets at home, Cade Cunningham, 41 points. First Pistons game I've watched all year.
1: Frank, you're missing the big point. They're doing a lot in the community for us right now, so you shouldn't be focusing on their on-court performance. You should be focusing on everything besides winning, uh, as per our Fuhrer Tom Gores
0: has said. (laughs) Asinine line um, and Channing, you told me you watched the game last night. Well, th- so for those unfamiliar, you know, not a big Pistons show, but Tom Gores, when asked about the team, you know, losing a bunch in a row, he just said like, um, I think, you know, or about the idea of selling the team. He said, I think the idea of selling the team is stupid. Um, if people look at what we've done in the community, we've done a lot of great things here. Uh, you know, winning games hasn't happened, but the community's, you know, been, been popping or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think Did you he said back well, back that, was you. that was for you that was for you but yeah I mean just just an asinine thing to say the worst thing you could say ever like these are billion dollar organizations like everyone's doing shit in the community like it's kind of your social responsibility like and the product you offer us is basketball games so like why don't you win why don't you win them like I just yeah if hey Tom, if McDonald's coming still down and in- yeah I'm coming down and
1: spending $40 on parking, $12 on a hot dog and $300 on two seats. So I can see you fucking hand out Christmas gifts. Like, are you that out of fucking touch? Like, yeah. what, what what would we say? Hey, if our podcast was shit and no one wanted to listen, well, guess what? Hey, you know what we do? We do go down and talk to people on the weekends and it spread the word on the community. Like, are you that out of your mind and out of touch? Or are you just that passive aggressive, which maybe is even a worse trait, but I'm like wrapping my head around, like, there's no denying it. He's been successful in his career and his other ventures. He's a billionaire, but to have this type of mindset, like how has he been so successful when he just doesn't seem, he doesn't seem in reality, does he? Like he he just does not seem to be in reality right now.
0: Dude, I had this same discussion with my cousin the other day over, you know, a couple to nine beers, uh, and it was just, like, exactly what you just said, Channy. It's like, this guy's like a billionaire. Like, he's obviously had some business success. How is he so – like, if you go to a restaurant and they're serving you hot shit, actual poop, and – like, what can the restaurant say? Like, yeah, I know our food is shit, but like, look at all the things we're doing for Salvation Army or something like that. It's just like that's not the product you're offering. This makes no fucking sense. And I do think it is because he's just he's in L.A. and he's a billionaire and he truly lives in a different world.
1: It, it, it's it's very disconnected, and what he like, I, I think and maybe I'm wrong, so don't quote me, but I think he came in to have a meeting on Wednesday, last Wednesday, with uh, Troy Weaver and Monty Williams. The guy didn't even stay in town for the game on Thursday. He literally came in town, had a meeting, and jetted back out before he stayed, or before the team played, 24 hours after the meeting. If that doesn't tell you how little of a shit he gives about this team... I'm not sure what does. And I saw a tweet today, and it's it's funny, but it's true. It's like everyone's going to be playing like it's game seven now of the NBA Finals against the Pistons because they don't want to be the team that breaks the streak. And the Pistons mm-hmm. finally win, and they beat your team. Like, it's not going to get easier now that we've lost this many games in a row. It's going to get harder because no one wants to be that team that breaks the streak. So I don't, I don't see it. I don't see – First of all, I'm, I can never remember in any sport, oh, for two months in a row. It's very realistic they don't win in November or December. I can never – I could barely remember that in football, let alone right. in a sport like basketball or hockey yeah. where you play
0: th- two to three games a week. It's, it's fucking crazy. Um, and I know you were watching last night, Chandy. Did you see Gora's – like video did you see the little video they played with i think that was writers yeah i think that was full-blown pr he called that meeting and was like i gotta fix this statement i just said and and with that one if you stood on that one alone like it 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 definitely is like what he should have said when they originally asked it because because he did say like i'm not blowing up the core we have a good core here like the winning will come which is like you know, kind of like what he probably should have said the first time. But when you do it the second time around, it was like, all right, well, you just did this and this is propaganda. You're making belly sports show this video. Fuck you. Like you suck. You fucking yeah. suck. Yeah. I will say, I, I, it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not I, done I mean, yet. Keep going negative.
1: I'm, I'm just to this point of like, like I, I'm, I'm honestly asking myself this and I'm a big Pistons fan. I like the Pistons. I've always loved them, but like, why why would you go to a game right now? Like what's compelling you to spend a couple hundred dollars and and more than that, 3 to 4 hours to to watch this this garbage. That that that's really what it is. Why why would you spend the time and money to go to a game right now? Yeah. Especially
2: during the week, like, you just worked a full day and you're going to buzz down to a Pistons game at 7 o'clock Dude, 7:00 and the crowd after. was,
0: like, large and into it last night. I don't know if that was, yes. like, people, like, trying to, trying to like, see history or laugh at the Pistons, but I was, like, I haven't watched many games. I thought there would be, like, 10 people in the stands. There was Let's Go Pistons chance. Like, it got loud. Like, the announcers were even saying, like, it's pretty bumping in here. They were trying to will the team to win it. And they had a 22-9 to lead to open the game. Frankie Hoop is checking in. <laughs> it's
1: crazy. And, <laughs> and to think, you know, it the schedule doesn't get any easier, but the, the date I have circled is January 12th because I think that's our only nationally televised game this year. And if we play that Friday night and have not won a game by then, <laughs> we're going to be at about a 32- or 33-game losing streak at that point. Like, that's the apex. That is the peak of embarrassment. If we're on national TV and haven't won in two and a half months at that point in time, I'm hearing rumblings. (laughs) Other radio shows locally are calling for walkouts, calling for sell the team chance the whole game. And boys, I'm about ready to jump on that. Maybe that is money well spent to just go there the whole time, chant, sell the team for 48 straight minutes and just, have a coordinated walkout in the middle of the second quarter, like Valeni and Rico had suggested, where everyone at the eight-minute mark just gets up and walks out of the stadium onto the concourse.
0: I know. Oh, my.
1: Ushers, workers, <laughs> fans, everyone.
0: Hooper! <laughs> I would love Hooper like, carrying his head out, you know. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that Friday night, maybe that's our Pistons game. Maybe we go. It's funny. It's like I want to do all that, but it's like I – I don't know. I, like, feel bad for the – it's so stupid. Like, I feel bad for the players. Like, I don't know. I don't want Cade to – I, like, like Cade. He, like, balled hard, 41 last night. But I get it. They're millionaires and, like, who cares? But I still am just like, sorry, boys. You're not winning any games. I can't
1: even believe I'm saying this, but – because I think Cade's a superstar. I really do. I think he could be a top 20 player in the league. But – We've got to start thinking about, is it better if we just tear it down again and get as many draft picks as possible? I look at team like Oklahoma City that's on the rise. How many draft picks do they have to play with that we could trade Cade to? And they they go over the top at that point. What about a team like the Spurs? You, you pair Wemba Yama with Cade Cunningham. They have a ton of draft picks. We did it with Grant Hill. Are we going down that same path where we're not going to be able to do anything with a young superstar so you get as many pieces as possible and start over and do much like the Lions did? I don't trust it with Troy Weaver in this regime, but it's, it's something that, I hate to say it, you might have to start thinking about if you can't get anything around Cade to help him turn this around.
0: It's a sad thought. It's a sad thought. Terrible. That guy, it's terrible. That guy f- he could be, like, a if we were good, I mean, he is, like, a very Detroit guy. Like, yes. he wore the buffs that game one. He's always rep Detroit, you know. I still think – I'm putting my hand up. Like, we dog those City Edition jerseys or whatever these ones are called. Uh, the full kit on the Pistons is pretty hot. Like, that faux bad boy. It's just an insult to the bad boys a little bit. Actually, a lot of it. Um, but, man, Cade – I mean, they look fresh in those fucking unis. If they were sure good, do. like, those would be really hot unis. They should be the main jerseys.
1: Yep, 100%. I think it's, is it something where you just change up the uniform just to, like, try to get out of the this era? You know I what think I mean?
0: Been, yeah, like, I think, well, they've done that, I think, 50 times. Like, I think the Pistons have changed their jerseys more than any team in the country. It's insane. But I, I think I said it the last time we were all together. Like, I would go to those. I would just, full like, full rip down the red, white, and blue like new era, orange, black, white, bad boy piston look. Once yep. they're good again, they got to be good again. Yep. Let's just let's just muscle through this. Let's do it. Yeah, they fucking suck. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Anything else?
1: I mean, other than other than that, I, I know uh, you know what something we kind of wanted to touch on here was uh, the bowl season. I know we talked about it, Frank, but like, are you guys interested at all? I mean, I'm not even talking about the Bulls that are playing right now, but are you interested at all in any of the Bulls outside of the playoffs this year?
0: No. Short answer.
2: No, only the ones that I've been, like, hanging out at the bar and, like, oh, I'm going to gamble a little bit while I watch these games. Otherwise, like, absolutely not. I could give a fuck less. So how many of those games are those? I'm excited for the 12 Uh, How many many of you? (laughs) About
1: six. (laughs) So you have have been excited about it. I just can't, like, wrap my head around, like, how much longer this this song and dance is going to last. Like, it, it, it... There's no way we can be having at least this many bowls for much longer. I don't know if you guys saw, I was talking to you about it earlier, Frank. Florida State is playing Georgia, number five versus number six. Florida State is getting 17 and a half points. Their third string quarterback is starting. Their third string running back is starting. Their top two receivers have opted out. And they have a total of 19 players who are not playing this game, whether for injury, draft preparation, or anything in between, I, I just I, I don't understand why we're even having bowls at all anymore. If you do, maybe you have five or six outside of the the playoff. Outside of that, it seems just pointless at this point in time.
0: It's crazy how bowl games have just lost like I completely all their luster. Like. I remember like being back in the day, like me and my dad like getting the newspaper with all the bowl games and picking each game and like keeping tabs on all of them. And like me and him would like compete to see who won more. Um, And it's like funny he brought that over this year, like when we were hanging out for Christmas and he was like, "Oh, here's all the bowl games." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, you know, who cares? (laughs) Like, I'm not watching any of these. We used to do those bowl uh, those pools all the time where you would
2: pick like the strength of each game like how much you liked it and pick all the games like now it's like I i have nobody's hit me up to do any of that yeah. in five years I mean Lou That's I'm asking you um, Lou I'm
1: asking you seriously and like if you're just like hey I'm just like drinking and throwing it blindly out there like how do you even bet on these teams there's, there's there's so many starters out and guys that I've never seen play like are you just throwing in overs so you can have some action while you sip on a beer at the bar
2: no, it's worse than that, Chandler. I'm actually betting first play from scrimmage or player to make a catch this drive. <laughs> if that is the answer that you're looking for. So I I, I made about 70 bucks on Luke McCaffrey yesterday uh, on a rice, catching the first ball uh, or catching a ball during the that's, drive. That, um, and then That's quick money, my man. <laughs> I, that's it, yeah. I'll be honest with you those are about 75% of the bets that I'm referring to when I say those I'm are bets that games. you literally
0: have like 23 seconds to place like they're only available for like yes. one like 20 second period like you have to be staring at the app to like get those bets in
2: Yes And the thing is too with like if you do like the SGPs for college games like a lot of these guys anytime touchdowns are like minus 230 like minus one eighty, it's like, all right, I'm not fucking taking yeah, that. That's a yeah. fucking joke, you right? Know? But you're taking, yeah, There's right. No but you're
1: taking Luke McCaffrey to catch a <laughs> ball on a drive.
2: <laughs> you find your, you find their number one target. That's easy money for anyone out there listening. Watch a couple drives, see who they feed, find that player, get the money on no, them. I don't get I don't the money hate on it. them. <laughs> you're right. Hey,
0: hey, hey. So the answer <laughs> to our bowl games dead, yes. They're very much dead. They need Again. this expanded playoff because then I'll watch all those, obviously. Like I'll watch all the playoff games.
2: Oh, I'm I'm so excited for the twelve team playoff. That's gonna that's gonna Hope fix so. a
0: lot of this. College football, see it's just kind of this.
2: So are they still doing like the cheese it bowl and the first responders bowl now that they have the twelve team playoff? Or I think like so yeah, yeah, they are? Okay. And I think
0: all those playoff games will have names like that, you know. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. They're still going to be bowl game sponsored, but I was just referring to like the fucking low hanging fruit. Well, Lou,
1: you should be excited, Lou. A lot of opportunities for catches on drives moving forward here.
0: Air it out, baby. Air it out. Um. All right, boys. Do you want to do a little over under? Let's do it. Or we got anything else? Okay. Yeah. Let's rip it. Here we go. Over Under, Jerry sent these over. Appreciate you, Jerry. Hope you had a good Christmas. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up episode 134 here. It says LGRW, no other notes. Uh, we didn't really talk about the Wings, but they've been frustrating me lately. But the only good news is that Patrick Kane is very, very back. Very back. He's on fire. Yeah. Um, okay, LGRW, first on the list. We'll look at you first, Lou. Uh, number one. Aiden Hutchinson on Instagram Live. Wow, I I will be honest with you, I have not seen any of
2: his stuff on Instagram Live. Um, is does he so, do like a pod or like? No, take I think what he's specifically or?
0: referring to is after the Lions won, a bunch of the guys went live, and it was the first time Hutchinson went live in the locker. Oh, room. okay. Um, yeah, I got you.
2: When everyone was dancing yeah. and shit in the locker room. I'd say underrated, dude. First fucking division title in 30 years. The team's having fun. I know he's a Michigan guy, but he's a fucking Detroit Lion. Like, you gotta celebrate the the victories, baby. Get there. I love I loved when Dan Campbell called up the whole so cool. guard side note when he was like called up the Taylor Deckers and like the Tracy Walkers, like the guys who have seen the absolute dog shit of Detroit. Um, so fuck. Yeah, dude. Underrated. You
1: know what? I'm going to go with you there too, Lou underrated. I love seeing the guys celebrate in the locker room. I don't know why, but it always reminds me of when Jim Leland came out and like (laughs) (laughs) walked back through the fucking Saran wrap, but, uh, I love seeing it. It's like, I don't know. You watch these guys on the field and then you get to, you almost feel like you're a part of the team. You know what I mean? When you get to see those things. So underrated for Aiden Hutchinson live on Instagram.
0: Yeah, what am I going to do, sit here and say uh, his celebration on Instagram Live was was overrated for winning the division for the first time in 30 years? I mean, the guy's from the state. He was kind of one of the first picks of, of the turnaround. Do I love his face paint? No. Do I love his dancing and his antics? Not 100%, but uh, I like him as a player, and I like him as a Detroit Lion, to be completely honest. So we'll say underrated. You win the division for the first time in 30 years. Uh, I mean, this is like arguably the pinnacle of of his career. You know, like who's who might to say is what he does in celebration is is overrated. Who gives a shit? Uh, Underrated Hutchinson. I do want him to stop painting his face. And I have this theory that he will in a few (laughs) years. Like he's going to slow down in a good way. He's going to stop over pursuing. He's going to mature a little bit and he's going to get rid of that face paint one year. I just I he has to it has to go. I don't like it. Number two, Channy. Aaron Glenn. Oh, this is a Lions edition, by the way, if you haven't put that together.
1: Gosh. Um, Okay. I don't know. It's tough because a lot of people are saying he doesn't have the personnel, but I'm going to still say it overrated. He's been here three years. He's never had a top 20 defense, which would only be in the top two thirds of the league. Um, I'm hoping, you know, he keeps building this momentum going late into the season, but how can you say underrated if he hasn't been better than I think 23rd? um as a defense in three or two and a half plus seasons overrated
0: uh fair response but I'm going to say underrated we just won the NFC North that's an NFC North champion defense that picked off uh a quarterback four times uh in a clinching game I'm going to be nice this week uh you know talk to me after Dallas we'll see where we're at but I'll just say Aaron Glenn underrated just because you're a part of the pirate ship right now I'm
2: going to go overrated. Like, Nick Mullins should never throw for 411 yards. Like, figure out your fucking secondary. Like, if we want to go to the fucking top, we need a better secondary over. I just want him to
0: blitz every play. If we get burned, I don't care. I just want him to send the house. Engaging. Dude, I agree. Um, We got the offense. I if we're going to score anyways, might as well try to go get the quarterback. That's me as a defensive coordinator. That's my whole thought process. <laughs> uh, number three, the It's a Lock t-shirts that all the players were wearing after the game. Um, you guys see these? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so it's like the t-shirt. So it's always, it's always interesting for me to see what the merch is going to be, the t-shirt and the hat. Um, and I just got to say from, from, from our childhood to now, it is so disappointing of what those t-shirts and hats look like now they've always been like growing up. I feel like they were always over the top, kind of gaudy, crazy, but at least they were like kind of iconic and unique and different. Um, The hats this year are just like the biggest fart noise I've ever seen. You could do like almost anything with that hat and I would want to buy it, but I like, don't want to buy this one. Like, it's just, it's so vanilla. It's so fanatics. It's so just like quick print, low creative. Uh, I don't like it. I, I'm looking and at the, shirts, the shirts, I kind of feel like yeah. the same way. Like, it's a lock. Like, okay, that's what they went with. Um, to me, I just don't think
1: – I just think it's, it's a shitty shit slogan, slogan, right? Like, if
0: you're the NFL, like, you kind of think the Lions are going to win this division. They've never not had control of it the whole year. Why did you land on it's a lock? Like, why didn't you just make it Kings of the North? Like, or something. It's so yeah, easy. Yeah, it's so easy. Kings of the North was yeah, just laying Kings, right in like, front of you. Yeah, Everyone's like, and you could just it. do like almost anything, or even if it was just like NFC North champions,
2: you could have a lion sitting. It's on a lock a has throne. no
0: correlation with the lions or anything. It's just the NFL like going with their thing. Uh, overrated. Their merch needs gotcha. to fucking get some creativity in there, man. Overrated.
2: Yeah. It's me. Right. Yeah. I agree, dude. Fucking overrated. We just talked about it. Like, like no creativeness at all. And like Kings of the North, everyone's been saying that for fucking two months
0: now.
1: It it just, just make it happen. It's an easy layup. layup. Yeah.
0: Lions, Lions, King North.
1: If two, if two's a company, three's a crowd overrated. I I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. it. I'm echoing a lot of the same sentiment that you guys have overrated.
0: Now I'm sure every division. Do you think every division will have its lock? I'm pretty sure they will. Like, but like, I just don't get why they blanket it over the NFL. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like it. It's stupid.
2: Yeah, they do actually. San yeah. Francisco like, why, has it. Why is that? I'm like, why don't they make it. Okay. it
0: unique to the division?
2: Yeah, that's fucking stupid.
0: Like, I think the Tigers back in the day said like we own the Central, which like at least had a little more like juice to it. Whatever. Pisses me off, fellas. Number four. Uh, back to Pizzo, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings,
2: overrated skull. That's so dumb. Loser mentality, losing franchise, piss poor, uh, brand
1: new state of the art arena that they built. Um, overrated. Yeah. I mean, you know what? This is probably the most overrated franchise Because they act like they're so much better than the Lions. They haven't won a fucking Super Bowl either. So they haven't accomplished shit. Good, good. You've been there a couple times. You haven't won anything yet either. So I'm going to say the Vikings are overrated.
0: Yeah, without a doubt overrated. Uh, Justin Jefferson is... Really fucking good. I think he he rocks. Um, but I mean, yeah, the biggest thing they've done was like the Definitely. miracle in Minneapolis, right? Which was like the worst defensive play by the Saints ever, with Case Keenum taking him to the the NFC Championship game. Yeah, Vikings overrated. Screw you guys. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on, um, which is kind of funny, is is TJ Hawkinson. Like, I'm not happy at all that he's injured. That's crazy. But like. It is just funny, like, since he said that, like, you know, I know I'm in Minnesota, it'll be nice to win some games. This is pretty great, poetic justice, to uh, clinch in Minnesota. Um, and we have the best tight end, obviously in this in the North, but possibly the NFC. And how fortunate have they been with
1: receivers? Mm-hmm. They went from Chris Carter to Randy Moss. They had Stephon Dig. Diggs. And they have Justin Jefferson, and they still haven't done shit with any of Addison.
0: them. And Addison.
1: He's going to be good, too. Exactly. I mean,
0: they know how to pick the receivers, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Yeah. All right. Last one. Oh, wait. Did we go through everybody? I forgot. Yeah, overrated. Uh, number five on the list to Chandler, Seedy officially changing his name.
1: Um. I'm not a big fan of the name change. I never really have been a big fan of the name change. I like it as a nickname, um, but to officially change your name, I don't know. Like, that's not your choice. Someone gives you your name, stick with it, overrated.
0: Uh, CD Deuce, you know, why not? Underrated. Like, it worked for Chad Cinco, which I thought was, like, the dumbest thing in the world. Now everyone just casually calls him. Ocho Cinco. <laughs> I think it depends on who you are. Uh, if you're like Chosen Anderson, Robbie Anderson, or Anderson Chosen, whatever he changed his name to, it doesn't work. C.D. Deuce, I think it's going to work. I'm going to get behind him. C.D. Deuce, name change, underrated.
2: I'm going to go with underrated <laughs> as well. Ride the wave. Take him to the top. C.D. Juice Fava. Let's get a Super yeah, not, Bowl.
0: boys? Uh,
1: well,
0: that's it. That's episode uh, – 135 uh great to catch up with you guys great to have the guys together even though we're doing it remote glad we we're able to make this one happen we're north champions boys uh we've been doing this for a few years and we've been through the 3 and 13 seasons and all that but now here we are kings of the north who would have thought who'd have thought not me <laughs> not me <laughs> uh, it's been fun. So, uh, you know, I want everyone out there who's listening. We appreciate your, all your support this year. Uh, have a safe and awesome new years. Uh, we'll see you on the other side after the Dallas game with another show. Uh, you know, like we always say, we thank you so much. If you can share this show with any of your friends, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, follow us everywhere on social and we will, uh, see you guys next week. See you in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Go Lions <whistles> See ya